0: Hi, I'm Scott Patton, I just wanna thank you for watching our online service today. My goal is to give you an expeditionary journey through God's word, through expository preaching. And when you get one of our sermons here, we're gonna preach uh, based on the Holy Spirit of God's inspired words. The good, the bad, the ugly. Some things you might like and the Holy Spirit is going to inspire you and some things he's probably going to convict you on. Nonetheless, we're honored that you watch us today. God bless you and go bold. Well, two months ago, and you guys probably remember it, and I said we need to get our face out of Facebook and start putting our face in this book, amen? And uh, Brother Heath had put out a... a. Uh, uh, A comment on Facebook Uh, I guess it was this week and he said you know guys we really need to start uh, if we spend as much time in Facebook as we do in God's book so I'm starting the Holy Spirit starting to tell something because we didn't coordinate that you know what I mean and I thought about the comment that I made to you guys that we should start putting our face in God's book more than Facebook and I will tell you guys when when Brother Heath put that out again this week Basically, what I said a month ago, I started feeling bad because what I started doing, I started tracking how much I was on my phone. And I'm not just talking Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, texting, phone calls, and then I compared it to how much time was in this book. I'll tell you guys, um, I'm a pastor and I hate to tell you this, but I had more time on this phone than I did in this book. And I spent a lot of time in this book. But that should never, ever be the case in our lives. Amen? And I'm going to start with me. So I'm going to say it again, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to send Heath the text message for letting the Holy Spirit convict me of something I told the church. You know, you know, I told you guys before, one of the hardest things about being a pastor is practicing what you preach. Amen? Because it's really easy to come up here in this pulpit and tell you guys this is how it should be and and this, that, and the other. But in the end, in the end, we've got to hold ourselves accountable to a high standard. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you believe that in God's kingdom there is discrimination? I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. Do you believe that there is discrimination in God's kingdom? We hear a lot today about discrimination. And I'm going to tell you, I think that the answer is overwhelmingly yes. There is discrimination. There is horrible discrimination. You know what that discrimination is? I'll just tell you. You either have the Holy Spirit of God or you don't. And there's a huge difference between the haves and the have-nots there is a, a monumental difference, and that's one of the things that I'm going to point out today. Because you see, in Romans 8, uh, the greatest chapter, in my view, in the Bible, I believe you can understand this thesis of Romans 8, that it's going to lock so many, unlock so many mysteries in your life, and your purpose in life, and, your, and how you're raising your children, and where f- true freedom reigns, and, and it will unlock so many questions that you have about your life. Because, you see, we talk about this, and it's a life in the Spirit. It's a life in the Holy Ghost of God. And that's what I want to really, really talk about today. Because the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost of God... We, we haven't really talked about in a long time in Baptist churches, for whatever reason. We kind of got away from the, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, or talking about the Holy Ghost, because it had these, these little taboo things. in and, 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 and Southern Baptist circles, we didn't really talk about it, because if you talked about the Holy Ghost, you might uh, be accused of being a holy roller and uh, you know, uh, uh, being a cult. You know, and you know, like in our church right now, uh, you know, when we have children's church, I know we take the the rattlesnakes out of the nursery and we move them over to the to the uh, to the children's church. No, <laughs> but these, these these connotations that come with that. It's these connotations that, that people are going to be screaming, and their hairs on fire, and they're possessed with ghost. Exorcism, but that's not the Holy Spirit of God. That's not the Holy Ghost of God. And I'm going to tell you something. This, this book right here, this entire chapter in chapter 8 is going to talk about a life in the Spirit. Now, last week we talked about the difference between condemnation, and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, all right? Uh, and, but, but there's also consequences in our life. In this series, you might feel uncomfortable sometimes. And I want you guys to remember this. You're gonna feel uncomfortable today. You might feel uncomfortable next week. Because this anytime you're around the Holy Spirit of God and you're you are a Christian and you are a half, he's gonna start poking you. He pokes on Scott Patton. He just poked on me this week about being in the Bible more. That's why I brought that example. Okay? Being on your phone more than you are the Bible. Because I'm gonna tell you something. If you start feeling bad about something, I want you to understand this. I'm not the one that's making you feel bad. Amen? It's the Holy Ghost. He's convicting because I don't have the power to convict. If you feel really good about this sermon today and you walk out here all refreshed, and you're not going to say, man, this is a great preacher. This is a great message. We've got a great God because it's the Holy Spirit of God that's just making you feel good. It's the Holy Spirit of God that's going to convict you. And The title of our sermon today is the haves and the have-nots. So Let's pray and we'll get started. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray that your will will be done. And, and Father, right now, in this church, please just get all the distractions out of our mind. Get all the distractions out of our mind where the Holy Spirit of God is in control. Right here, right now, we want to, to open our eyes to, to this beautiful word that you have in Romans 8. It's so inspired by the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the Apostle Paul who, put these, who was inspired by the Holy Ghost to put these, these this writings So he knew, and I know that you knew, that we would, in India, home of First Baptist Church, we would be going through this. And Father, we just love you, and we praise you, and we thank you. And Father, I just ask that you forgive the pastor today, because my sins are many. And we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, we're going to continue our series in Romans chapter 8. And uh, I just want us to know that if you're truly living in the Holy Spirit of God, I'm starting my stopwatch here, so you guys know. Uh, so you know, I, I do have a timer up here. So time's just now starting. Now, um, I want you to know if we're truly living in how in Christ uh, we have to be. Uh, we have a God has a discriminatory view of the world, and the old adage is, "You see the world from where you sit." And we think about this life in totality, and and the hum- human beings bowl down to this is unchangeable reality. You either have the Holy Spirit of God or you don't. It's that simple. It's that hard. But it's so. It, but, but it changes everything, despite what you might have heard from society, for even some from some elite and popular Baptist preachers, I'm going to tell you something right now. Your life, your life has nothing to do with the color of your skin. Your life has nothing to do with your heritage. Your life has nothing to do with your sex and with your male or your female or who your daddy was or who your mama was or who, how much money you have or where do you live or what zip code you live in. Your life has nothing to do with that, nothing to do with that. How pretty you are, what color your hair are, if your teeth are white or your teeth are yellow, it doesn't matter if you're strong you're fat you're skinny it doesn't matter do you have the holy spirit of god or do you not period that's the only thing that matters in this world that's it the one question determines everything in this universe everything it determines everything now i want to start with romans 5 romans 8 chapter or chapter 8 verse 5 so we read God's Word. Now, I just want to tell you guys uh, something else I've been in prayer with. Uh, this is our last Sunday that we I will use an NIV Translations. Uh, I've been using NIV translation for a number of years. I started out when I first started preaching in the NASB. Um, but after a lot of prayer, I'm switching to the new King James Version uh, Bible uh, because I was always having to go back when I was in the NIV and look to make sure that the interpretation of the word was, was accurate. Now, I'm not saying that's, that's bad. I'm not one of these people that say, well, if you read an NIV. No, no. You read what's comfortable, what God calls you. But for me in my preaching, I just thought, because I preach expository, I thought it was it, it was in, in what God has convicted me to do to go with the New King James Version because all the research I've done it's it's the most historically accurate. Now the King James is the most historically accurate, but it's very hard to uh, uh, very hard to comprehend this. But the New King James Version is. Um, it's, in my view, uh, it's easier to read, uh, but it's also more historically accurate. So that's just a little deal. But, but um, let's go with, with verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mindset set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on spiritual desires. Everybody say desires with me. Okay, I want you to think that because there's two types of desires here. There's a a fleshly desire, and then there's what the spirit desires. And this is going to play all the context that we're going to talk about here. That's where the question, who controls your mind? Who controls your mind? Is it the spirit or is it the flesh? And that leads to a further question. How do you know if your salvation is real? People ask me that a lot. A lot of times I don't know. But here's what I do know. And I want to make this very clear. Paul is not referring here to two separate Christians. He's not. He's he's, he's not referring to two separate Christians here. He's showing us that in the universe, this this question revolves around two groups of people. And that is, who has the Holy Spirit of God and those who don't? The haves and the have-nots. Now. It's not hope so, it's not think so, it's not maybe so, it's not maybe, uh, well, I I don't think so, uh, maybe I might have it, it might be the Spirit of God, it may not be the Spirit of God, period, but I know hands down it is the greatest discriminator that ever exists is whether or not you have the Holy Spirit of God or you don't. Now let's start with the have-nots. The have-nots, and what I'm talking about with the have-nots is the ones that don't have the Holy Spirit of God. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit of God, (laughs) I'm going to tell you, folks, you don't have salvation. Period. You don't. Now, let me just start here. The have-nots. The have-nots have their minds on the flesh. (laughs) Now, let me just say this about the have-nots. These are the people that aren't saved. And we've got to start with a few premises about the have-nots. We shouldn't think about the have-nots are those that are living according uh, to the flesh, we shouldn't think about them as a bunch of dirtbag sinners all right they're not they're not morally bankrupt many cases in many cases uh uh we don't uh they they do a lot of things that are good most cases they're uh uh they're good decent people most cases they're your neighbors most people they they've got good intentions they care they love (laughs) they give They have heartfelt opinions. They mean well. They love their families, and they love their children. This is what we're talking about with the have-nots, and what I'm talking about with the have-nots, I'm talking about the lost. I'm talking about the lost. You remember Peter meant well. Peter meant well when he told Jesus to avoid the cross. Remember when Peter, Peter in the Garden of the Sun, he said, Jesus, you you need to to avoid the cross. You need to uh, avoid the crucifixion. And you remember what Jesus told him. You remember what Jesus told him. In Matthew 16, 23, he said, you are mindful of the things of God. You are not mindful for the things of God, but the things of the flesh. He told Peter that. Now, Peter, you guys recall Peter, he denied Jesus three times. And before that, he tried to walk on water, but he lacked, and he started to drown because he lacked faith. And you guys also remember, in the garden it said to me, shortly after he, uh, Jesus told Peter these things, he kind of went all ninja on the guard. You remember that? Uh uh and he cut the guard's ear off, you know, switchblade Pete psh, cut the guard's ear off. You remember that? That was a really cool scene. By the way, Timmy and I went to the passion play on a side note in uh and uh Eureka Springs uh here uh on a vacation. That was a pretty cool scene, you know. Peter is out there in, in the in the scene of the passion play. Psh, Slashed the guy's ear off, and, of course, Jesus was like, come on, Peter. Uh, but anyway, he, Jesus picked the ear up, and he, he put it back on the Pharisee's guard, healed him right there. You see, you remember at this time, I just want to ask you guys something. Peter didn't have the Holy Spirit, did he? This was in the Garden of Gethsemane, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. This was before Pentecost, Right? The Holy Spirit hadn't, hadn't, hadn't came into the believers yet. Peter at that time, even though he was a disciple of Jesus, the Holy Spirit had not descended upon earth. This is before Pentecost. And I will tell you guys, when the Holy Spirit is not in you, it is a catastrophic disadvantage. Now, I just want you to think about the have-nots again. I want you to think about have-not parents. Okay, when I talk about have-not parents, I want you to think about the people that you know, that's in your realm, that are parents, that are great parents, that love their children, but do not have the Holy Spirit of God. They are not saved. They are lost. They are parents. Does anybody know any lost parents? Raise your hand. I think that's word. We all know lost parents, right? Do anybody know lost grandparents? Raise your hand. There's lost grandparents, okay? But here's what I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something about the, about the have-not parents, okay? They love their children. They love their children. They love their children more than anything on earth. They would die for their children. They take them to the best schools. Uh, uh, They they want the best basketball camps. They want the best football camps. They want the best band camps. They'll do anything they can to get them uh, anywhere they want to in their life except for getting them the Holy Spirit of God. And that's the most important thing that they need. I can hear him right now. And I talk to parents all the time. Well, you know, I don't push a little I don't I don't push a little Mikey uh, to go to church. I'll let that, that let, let that be his decision. You push him on the ACT score, though. Amen. You're gonna push him on the ACT score. You're gonna push him, you're gonna push him to do good at band camp. You're gonna push him to do good at basketball camp, but you're not gonna push a little Mikey about church because that's gonna be his decision. That's gonna be his decision what you think about that? I've got to get him ready to go to OU OSU, but that whole thing about discipleship training that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of Bible thumping, right? that whole you know that's kind of yeah, brother, you know I, something about you know we have to get up early on Sunday and, and get him to Sunday school. I, you know that needs to be his decision. Now these same parents that are good people. I believe if they could see in God's domain, if they could see in the kingdom's domain, and they had those, they're looking through Holy Ghost goggles, and they could see in God's domain, those same people that would tell you that right now, they would die and go to hell to get their children the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? They would do anything. They would do anything in the world to get their children the Holy Spirit of God. I've always said, and I say this, I've said this several Sundays, several Sundays, I've always said, parents, your only job here on earth is to get your children to heaven, period. You could fail at everything else in this world. You could fail at everything else, but the only job you have is to get your children to heaven, period. Now let's transition to the haves. Let's talk about the haves for a second. Because this is probably harder to preach on than the have-nots. Because those of us that have the Holy Spirit of God And and, and let's go back to what it says in Scripture. Let's go back to what it says in Scripture. Their minds, their minds are set on what the Spirit desires. That would be us. That would be those who has accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that does not mean those who have the Holy Spirit or those who have the Holy Ghost will not sin. (laughs) Or do wrong. Oh, on the contrary. I'm living proof of that. Of course not. What it means is a life in the Spirit, a life in the Spirit, as you grow and you gain strength in the Spirit, you will start seeing the world differently. You will start doing things and serving people not to get into heaven, but so because Jesus lives in you. You will start seeing the world so much differently. (laughs) You will start finding your purpose, your niche. Your relationships will improve. Your marriage will get stronger. Your relationship with your parents, your relationships at work, worldly, fleshly desires, and things that made you happy before will start gradually going away. Sometimes they don't go away just at at first. I don't know. Things that made you happy, like alcohol, marijuana, premarital sex, pornography, idols. I could go list on all day. We have a lot of idols, don't we? I could go on all day. How you react. I've always told people, you know, it's really, really easy to try to act like Jesus, but just try to react like him. Amen. That's really easy to say. Again, practice what you preach. Somebody's going to cut you off on the highway. Man, you want to you react, right? Am I the only one that's ever done that? <laughs> I'm just telling you, we all do. But the Holy Spirit is convicting us. The Holy Spirit has convicted me. The Holy Spirit convicted me of this stupid cell phone this week. I re- that really, really bothered me that I just thought about this, that when I totaled everything up, when I totaled everything up, I had more hours on this than I did my Bible. But that wasn't, that wasn't a worldly desire. That was, that was the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit convicting me, poking me in the chest, poking me in the chest. Now, let me just tell you, let me just go back to Peter for a second. You guys remember in the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And he said, uh, the, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit of God comes upon you, and you will be my what? You guys remember what he said? Anybody went, by witness, my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria until the end of the earth, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But there were two things that happened that day at Pentecost. You remember Peter and the other disciples? They were the cowards of Galilee County, man. Uh, they They were always running from the world. They were scared of the flesh. They were always joining to the flesh. They were always doing those kind of things. But two things happened. They saw the resurrected Jesus, and they got the Holy Spirit of God. They did. A fun fact here. You know why somebody is called an apostle? Here's a fun fact. The only people that are called apostles are the ones that saw the resurrected Jesus. Can I get an amen? So when you hear refer to the Apostle Peter or the Apostle Paul, now some will argue that Paul didn't see the... Re- yes, the Paul saw the resurrected Jesus. He saw that on Damascus Road. You remember that? Okay, so, so if you saw the resurrected Jesus, you are an apostle. That would be Peter and John and Paul. But the most important day ever was the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit of God came upon the earth. And he said, just like Jesus predicted. And here's what happened. Peter sat up on a stump on Solomon's colonnade, and he started preaching the gospel, and 3,000 people came to Jesus, amen? That was the day of Pentecost, and that's when he had the Holy Spirit. And that conviction, that same conviction, that same Holy Spirit of God, that same life in the Spirit applies to you in your life today. Every bit of it. That same Holy Spirit that was in Peter that allowed him to preach that Solomon was calling late. And that same Holy Spirit, where God just took about 12 kind of dirtbag guys that was considered to the world, and actually by this time it was 11, because Judas was done, they brought in another one, a new one. And from, from, from that time, from that day of Pentecost, where we started, where there was 128 disciples of Jesus up in the upper room, three years later there would be five million Christians coming to get an amen. And you see that power, the sheer power. That's why you have the haves or the have-nots. Now you think about this. I want you to go to the next verse, verse six. Let's go to the next verse, Caleb. The mind is governed by the flesh, is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life, and peace. Now I want you to think about something here. Paul is quick to point out something very, something very cool here. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Yes, the minds that the have nots, whose minds are governed by the flesh, are condemned to die for eternity. And when God when God when God when they, they're condemned to die and they are kicking God out, they say, No, God, we don't need you. Uh beside God's call, no, we don't want you. And God's eyes, they're no different than a dead skunk in the middle of the road. Remember that song? Dead skunk in the middle of the road. I can't remember who taught. But in God's eyes, that's who they are. Okay, now none young people remember the dead skunk in the middle of the road. That came on about the 70s probably, I'd say. 70s maybe, maybe 60s. Because that's what you are to God. Let that sink in. They're condemned. They may be physically alive today, but you don't have. Uh, the, but when their bodies die, they're dead forever. But we need to understand this. That person without this Holy Spirit of God is dead to God. And here's what happens then. Here's what happens In. You are at the whims. If you are dead to God, you are at the whims of Satan. But a life and the spirit, spirit is life and peace. Think about that. Life and the spirit is life forever and peace on earth. Besides that, imparting wisdom, the Holy Ghost of God, He gives us protection. He also imparts wisdom on us. He, He imparts wisdom on us. But despite that, he also gives us protection. Your soul is protected. You are marked by the Spirit. It says in Ephesians 1, 13, and you were also not included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you were believed, you were marked by him with the seal of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you something, guys. I'm going to tell you this. People are always getting this stupid spinax about six 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 and the mark of the beast. So that's all we hear about right now, you know, on the news because the whole COVID vax and then you might get a chip and all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you something, guys. Let me tell you this. This all started not with Satan. These marks, it all starts with the Holy Spirit of God. And the day that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit of God is going to mark you forever, and He's going to say right then you belong to the kingdom. Cassie, you belong to the kingdom. J.D., you belong to the kingdom. Jim, you belong to the kingdom. Lindsay, you belong to the kingdom. The the day that you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God marked you. Now, I'm going to tell you something this, guys. Once you get marked by the Holy Spirit of God, you are with him forever. Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? Because here's the thing. We don't have to worry about that stupid 666 mark of the beast. But I'm going to tell you this. If you're not marked by the Holy Spirit of God... Someday, you will be marked by Satan. And that's just the honest to God truth. I want you to look at the next verse, verse 7 here. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Think about those words. Hostile to God. Does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. I just want you to think about something just for a second. A life in the flesh is selfish, too much pride. I'm independent. I don't care what people think. I only have one life, right? We need to live good. You can be whatever sin there is and have no conscience about it, no conscience about it. And, you know, I know you've seen people like that. There's, there's people in this world that have no, and they might even be good people, but they could be sinning in God's domain or, or uh, on, uh, on the earth, and they will have no conscience what they're doing is wrong. None. Zero. But if you have the Spirit, you're going to have that conscience. You're going to have that poking. You're going to have that poking. And see, here's what happens. Here's what happens. No, God, I really don't need you. No, God, I really don't need you. I need. To, I don't need to follow your stupid rules. My mind is going to be governed by the flesh. I can have my idols, God. I could have my idols, whatever they be, love for money, love for sex, love for drugs, love for pornography, uh, love my idols. Okay, I could have those things. I could have that idol that I used to love climbing the corporate ladder. I mean, that, that, that trumped everything. That trumped everything. It trumped God's Word. It trumped my t- prayer time. It kind of reminds me of the book, in the, in the book of Luke, the parable of the rich fool. You guys remember that parable where where two men were fighting over an inheritance and they wanted Jesus to settle that dispute. And it kind of, if you guys remember going back and reading that parable, it kind of makes you feel bad or it kind of, Jesus was like, why do you guys want me to settle this? Really? Why do you guys want me Then Remember what Jesus happened? Okay, remember he went and told this parable. The rich man said, I will tear down my barns and I will build bigger ones. And I'm just going to keep getting richer and there. Then I will store my surplus of grain. And it says in Luke 12, 20, 19, he says, I will store up that that grain. And you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. And then I'm going to take life easy. And this is where you get the term, eat, drink, be merry. That's what he told God. I'm going to eat, drink, be merry. Man, I'm rich. And if if I get more grain, I'm going to store, I'm going to make bigger barns. And we're just going to keep getting richer. We're going to keep getting richer. And you know what, God, Jesus is telling this parable in Luke 12, 20. God says to him, God says to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Think about that. This very, very night your life will be demanded by you. So go ahead and store up all the grain you want. Go ahead and eat and drink. Be merry tonight. But when the night's over, your life is demanded from you. I want to tell you something, guys. When your mind is governed by the flesh, you can be a fool. Yes. Or foolish. Or, in my words, stupid. Kind of like a lot of these cities in our country right now, where Marxism and communism are starting to rule. Yes. Things like critical race theory and intersectionality, <laughs> where they have in their cities and their schools where well, their libraries are given, are turned over to cross-dressing pedophile sex slaves and stupid fetish garments, and they're sitting there in, in, in public libraries. And we have people that say that, that, that are in Christ, or they say they're in Christ, that said, oh, this is just a blessing of liberty. It's okay. It's okay for them to express themselves. It's okay that we, that, that we live totally by the flesh. And you know what, God, they're telling these, these towns and these cities, or they're telling, God, we don't need you. God, we don't need you. Get out of our face. God, we don't need any prayer on our city council. We don't need any prayer at school. We can't have prayer before a football game. We can't have any of that. But, oh, yeah, we can have, we can have those pedophiles and those, those cross-dressing uh, people in the libraries, but, man, you better not pray at school. You better not pray at school. You better not pray in the public library. And they keep telling, God, leave us, God, leave us, God, leave us, God, leave us. And guess what happens? Guess what happens? God says, okay, I'll leave. I'm going to turn you over to Satan. How's that working out for him? How's that working out for him in Detroit? How's that working out for him in Chicago? How's that working out for him in New York City right now? Murder rates are going through the roof. Sexual abuse cases are going through the roof. Rapes are going through the roof. Families broken, disease stricken, poverty. You see it. Because when you keep telling God to say, no, 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 I don't want you, God. I don't need you in my life. I don't want you in my life. Just leave us alone. I'm independent. I'm free. Leave me alone, God. He's going to say, okay. And I use that analogy of a city because he does the same thing with us. It's kind of like the haves and the have-nots see what happens in our minds when we let satan control our mind satan rules your mind you're lost in the flesh you have the haves they get the have-nots get zero protection they get zero power those of us who are the haves though we have the spirit of god dwelling in us such a blessing why is this so monumental and life-changing advantage I'll just tell you guys, because there are times when the haves, like me, you're going to be convicted of a sin. somebody in this room right now, people in this room right now, there's a sin that's convicting you right now. This is where I'm going to say if you're starting to feel uncomfortable here, you should be. Because Scott Patton sometimes feels uncomfortable too. There's somebody in this room that's either getting convicted of a sin that you're in right now, okay, or a calling you know, callings are, callings are convictions, too. Don't think that God, you don't think that the Holy Spirit is just poking you because, like I've said many, many times, the Holy Spirit of God is not going to keep you from doing what's wrong, but the Holy Spirit of God is going to prompt you to do what's right. Can I get an amen? He's going to prompt you to do what's right. Because that's where it is. This is where you have such an incredible advantage over, the, over anything else in this world. This is why it's so, so monumentally important that we, we take all those kids to False Creek and we get, them, get, get the Holy Spirit in them. That's why so it's monumentally important that we share the gospel desperately. Share the gospel of Jesus because many people we can. Because the rest of the time you're on earth, the Holy Spirit is going to be convicting you. How is that that you just have a, a life coach with you for the rest of your life on Earth? It's like Jesus is on Earth. I mean, I know it'd be really cool to, to, to have Jesus on Earth with us all the time. You know. We run out of, you know we run out of hot dogs or hamburgers at, the, at Barry's birthday bash, which I know we're not. Jesus say, "Bam, there's some hot dogs, Barry. No problem. There you go. There's some hamburgers. Bam. (laughs) You see what I mean? But you have the same thing when you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit with you every single day. Because I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit's going to prompt me to do what's right. He's going to prompt me to do what's right. He's going to prompt you to do what's right. He's going to prompt your children to do what's right. That beautiful prompting. You see, the Holy Spirit, it's going to take some time with you. I know he took time with me. I don't understand why, God. I don't understand why, God. Because we go back, and we go back, and we, I look at my life, and I know that some of you may be struggling right here today with something. And you say, God, why? Why?" I don't know why, God. Then you've got to start self-examining yourself. I don't know why. I don't know why, God, that you gave me cirrhosis of the liver. I don't know why. Why did you do that to me, God? Well, because you were in sin, Scott. You had something going on You're saying, God I, God, I don't know why I can't make relationships work. Well, maybe because you have something that you're convicted on. I don't know why, God. I don't know why. And we start asking that question, and then most of the time, most of the time, there's a, there's a sin. I've been just, I'm just telling you guys, I'm just telling you this from Scott Patton's experience because I'm a sinner. That's why I say pray for the pastor every day. There's something in your life that you're not right with with God, and you haven't fixed it. Because here's what happens. God doesn't turn us over. God doesn't turn us over to the world. But what he does do, he gives us a glimpse. If you just want to ignore my commands, you want to ignore my callings, you want to ignore my convictions, I'll just let you live in the world. I'll just give you some worldly consequences. You follow me? Yes. Yes. Fleshly consequences, no condemnation, but fleshly consequences. Romans 8, we're going to close here. Romans 8, 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. I want you to let that sink in. Like I said earlier, there's going to be a lot of kind, loving, beautiful people who are not in the flesh, who've really done some incredible things, maybe for humanity but they will never, ever please God, ever. But there's good news in closing. You see, it's not just getting saved. It's not this, this eternal security. It's not like we got this, this, this heavenly life insurance policy. It goes much deeper than that. You see, if God's intent was just to get you from heaven, you know, if, when you get saved, think about this for a second. If, you, if God's intent was just to get you to heaven, the day that Scott Patton got saved, bam, beam me up, Scotty. I'm gone. You guys remember, you remember Star Trek? Captain Kirk? Beam me up, Scotty. They beamed up. You ask yourself, well, if God just, if the purpose in this life is just to beam us up when we get saved, but it's not. You may live a year. You may live two days. You may be like the thief on the cross who, who in the last two minutes of his life accepted Jesus. Or you may accept Jesus when you're six years old and live to be 100. But I want you to think about this. He just doesn't beam us up. He keeps us here for a reason. And that, that conviction, that conviction, now that you belong to the Holy Spirit of God, now that you're going to be working for Him to expand His kingdom, With every head bowed and all eyes closed. I want you to think about your life right now. Everybody in this room, I want you to think, what is the Holy Spirit of God convicting you on right now? Right now. If you're watching online or you're watching in this room, I know most of you, a lot of you, are already believers. All of you have the Holy Spirit. So those who have the Holy Spirit of God, what is He convicting you on right now? Is it a sin in your life? (laughs) Scott Patton's been there so many times. Is it a calling for your life? Is it somebody that you need to go share the gospel with that you just draw by that person? And you're thinking... I don't know if that person knows Christ. Is the Holy Spirit convicted you to go to see that person this week? Invite them to church. Invite them to Sunday school. Invite them to come pray. He wants to expand His kingdom. Ask yourself this question. How are you sharing this beautiful gift if you already got it? That would be really selfish to your loved ones or your friends that know that you have this beautiful beautiful gift. These parents. That's why we why we put so much emphasis on, our, on our, our, our youth nights, our Wednesdays and false creeks, our youth parties. We've got to get them the ghost. We want all of our babies to be haves, not have-nots. Father in heaven, just pray, Lord. I pray, Father, that, that you would let the Spirit reign. Let the spirit reign in those that don't know you. There's somebody out there online. Let them know that they can pray the salvation prayer. We've got a number that we're gonna leave on the screen. He may not after you offer you this gift again. Father, we just we just I just pray for our children. I pray for our church. I pray for all of our teachers going back to school and cash and Snyder and Indihoma Lawton I pray for our military, pray for our workers out at Fort Sill Father we've had a lot of some corona cases that pop back up in our community and in our county Lord I just pray that you would rid this evil disease Father we love you we praise you. And we ask you, Saints, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.